Welcome once again to Lato's Law. Here's Steve Lato. Michael and a few others sent me uh, an update to the story that happened in Kansas, you'll recall, where the police raided a newspaper with a warrant uh, and were attempting to shut the newspaper down for doing nothing wrong. And uh, pretty much everyone agrees on that now, that the uh, warrant was bogus and the cops who did this were wrong. So somebody thought, well, you know something? That warrant was signed by a judge. Perhaps the judge should face some discipline for what they signed. Well, here's the headline from the KansasReflector.com, and uh, Sherman Smith wrote this. Kansas disciplinary panel dismisses complaint against judge who authorized the newspaper raid. So the panel dismissed it. But wait till you hear how bad the standard is in Kansas as to what you've got to do as a judge to get in trouble. The Kansas Commission on Judicial Conduct has dismissed the complaint against the magistrate who signed the search warrant that allowed police to raid the Marion County record. That was the newspaper. The warrant appeared to violate federal law, which protects journalists from police raids. and was based on the pretense that a journalist committed a crime by accessing public records in an online database. So anybody would think, you look at that and go, wait, they accessed public records. That's a crime? Like, like, wouldn't you ask that question, you'd think? So a Topeka resident filed a complaint in August with the judicial panel, which has the authority to investigate allegations of misconduct by judges. Her complaint noted legal protections for journalists and a prosecutor's finding that the evidence in the case did not support the search warrants. So the prosecutor, when they were handed the quote-unquote evidence, said, um, there's nothing here. Uh, and quite frankly, the search warrant was wrong. So a district judge... Vice President of the panel that considered the complaint notified people of the commission's decision in a letter dated Wednesday. The letter, obtained by the Kansas Reflector, says the commission dismissed the complaint after a meeting behind closed doors on November 8th. In the letter, they said the facts and circumstances were not sufficient to conclude the issuance of the warrant crossed the line of incompetence. Incompetence. So apparently... As long as you don't act openly, incompetently, you're okay as a judge. So, again, the facts and circumstances were not sufficient to conclude the issuance of the warrant crossed the line of incompetence. And now, many people would say, but Steve, that had to be incompetence. That had to be. The judge is presented with a warrant and say, here, sign this because somebody accessed a public database. You'd think you'd be incompetent to sign that, especially when you realize, oh, wait, we're going to go execute a search warrant on journalists when there's a federal law protecting them. And by the way, the judge we keep talking about here, technically speaking, is a magistrate. But that's simply a distinction that has no difference here because they have the power of a judge to sign warrants and things of that nature. This is not to say that the commission agrees that the issuance of the search warrant in this instance was reasonable or legally appropriate. So... It wasn't reasonable, it wasn't legally appropriate, but it wasn't across the line of incompetence. The commission issued informal advice to the judge to take sufficient time to review all documents and research appropriate federal and state laws before issuing a search warrant. So they're basically telling her, look, next time slow down. In addition, the panel members who dismissed the complaint included a district judge a Kansas Court of Appeals judge, a Wichita attorney, and Sister Rosemary Kolich of the Sisters of Charity of Leavenworth. I'm not quite sure how, you know, how she's in that group, but whatever. 
I'm deeply concerned there is little consequence given to a seemingly flagrant abuse of our most cherished First Amendment in the circumvention of state and federal law to search a small-town newspaper. Uh, the Kansas resident said, who had filed the initial complaint, police raided the Marion County Record Newsroom in August, as well as the publisher's home and the home of a city councilwoman, after the magistrate signed search warrants alleging identity theft. The uh, raid attracted international attention and widespread scrutiny, and many people were appalled that this happened. City police, in coordination with the sheriff's office and the Kansas Bureau of Investigation and the Kansas Department of Revenue, ostensibly were investigating whether a reporter had broken the law by researching the driving record of a restaurant owner who was seeking a liquor license. The reporter verified the restaurant owner had a DUI and had been driving without a license. And by the way, in case you don't know this, people who have liquor licenses are actually held to a higher standard than the average public citizen. And if somebody with a liquor license gets a DUI, many states will actually say there's a chance that they're going to take action against your liquor license for what you did driving. Department of Revenue staff initially told police the reporter had accessed private information through the agency's online database, but later acknowledged the information was public record. The KBI assisted with the investigation and knew the raid was imminent. An investigator with the fire marshal's office participated in the raid. So an investigator with the fire marshal also participated in the raid. Everybody, come on down. Let's go raid that office. Police took computers and reporters' personal cell phones during the raid and reviewed documents that revealed confidential sources for stories unrelated to the investigation. Now, Congress had adopted the Privacy Protection Act to address concerns about police weaponizing search warrants against journalists. The federal law requires criminal investigators to get a subpoena instead of a search warrant. So a search warrant is they show up, knock on your door, or kick it down, and say, search warrant, we're we're here to, to look for evidence. And they grab a bunch of stuff. A subpoena is where they go to court and say, Your Honor, we want to drag them in here and make them answer questions, in essence, under the power of the court. And doing that allows the court to oversee what's happening. So if you walked into a judge and said, I want a subpoena in a bunch of journalists because I think they broke the law, the judge might say, okay, let's issue the subpoena. The judge might say, wait, what law do you think they broke now? And the judge would have gotten the bottom of this and said, oh, but that's not a law they broke. But either way, it's much less intrusive or threatening to be brought into court and told to answer questions rather than having them just kick down the door, grab all your stuff, and leave with it. Because as you can imagine, when they grabbed all the computers and cell phones and tablets and everything out of this office, um, some people thought it looked a lot like they were trying to shut the paper down. And that's actually what they're trying to do. They're trying to teach them a lesson. So Congress had adopted that law. That law is in place. The commission's indication that one or more of its members believed signing the search warrant was neither reasonable nor legally appropriate serves as a reminder that district courts and magistrate judges must consider all relevant laws, state and federal, when determining whether to sign a search warrant. That's the president of the Kansas Coalition for Open Government speaking. In this instance, the Federal Privacy Protection Act required the issuance of subpoenas before search warrants, had the law been considered, perhaps the wide-ranging consequences of these searches could have been avoided. The Kansas Commission on Judicial Conduct's handling of complaints is shrouded in secrecy. 
The commission meetings are not open to the public, and the reasons for dismissing a complaint are kept confidential. Uh, Meanwhile, Jared McLean, an attorney for the Institute for Justice, said the commission's decision isn't a surprise. Judges almost never face any consequences when they violate someone's rights, even when they're most obvious errors of tragic results. That's why doctrines like judicial immunity are so pernicious. Immunity doctrines take away the one tool that victims have to hold government officials accountable. So this is shameful, absolutely utterly shameful, because of what they're basically saying is the standard. And they're saying that the standard is, well, it wasn't total incompetence, so therefore she did nothing wrong, referring to the magistrate. And I would hope that we hold our magistrates and judges to a slightly higher bar than mere competence. And now, I've seen situations before that were very complicated and confusing that pretty much no one understood. However, this is one everyone understood. And there's a reason that it got worldwide attention. And it appears that there were people in Kansas who were upset by a little newspaper. And they decided to take on the little newspaper by shutting them down, by barging in with a warrant and seizing all of their stuff. That'll teach them. That'll teach them. And you'll recall that one of the publishers uh, died, passed away, had a heart attack during all of this hullabaloo. And so it's a very serious thing. Um, That, of course, would be on a very personal level, a very serious thing for her and her family and those who knew her. But the First Amendment of our Constitution talks about the freedom of the press. And that Privacy Act that Congress passed was specifically to underscore that. That's how important our newspapers are. You can't just run in there with a search warrant and start grabbing stuff and and then go, oh, we'll we'll straight us out later in court. Because that was an attempt to shut the newspaper down. And I saw headlines in other newspapers where they're talking about how the newspaper was fighting a struggle but hadn't been shut down because other newspapers stepped up and said, we'll help you get your issues out. How can we help? And the newspapers gathered around and helped out. That's how important this is. So, you know, we're living in a day and age right now where physical newspapers are going away. Um, I delivered a newspaper as a young man. I remember Sundays <laughs> delivering that big, thick newspaper. Um, and they ain't what they used to be. Uh, but they still serve an extremely vital function. And journalists in general, likewise. And so this is not just restricted to newspapers. This could have been an online source. This could have been a bunch of different types of organizations that are out there that still cover the news. So this is unfortunately a result that many of us were expecting. But I was a little surprised when they came out and said that, well, it didn't cross the line of incompetence. Therefore, we find no wrongdoing. And so, yeah, that's, that's how high the bar has been set for judges. Just don't cross the line of incompetence, and you're okay. So it's a sad day in Kansas. But Kansas Disciplinary Panel dismisses a complaint against a judge who authorized a newspaper read from the Kansas Reflector. And they've done a lot of coverage on this, kansasreflector.com. Sherman Smith wrote that. Michael and a bunch of other people sent it. Thanks a lot. Questions or comments, put them below. Let's talk to you later. Bye-bye. Thank you for watching Lato's Law. Originality is the fine art of remembering what you hear, but forgetting where you heard it.